Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose and in this podcast I'd love to talk a little bit about the difference between what's truly our child, you might call it their personality, um, who they really are, compared to what we might call symptoms or feelings. I'll explain a little bit more about what I mean. Often parents will come to me and they'll say, my child is really X, Y, and Z. It might be, you know, they're really wild or they're really hyper or they're really um, just all over the place or, they're, or they might have more than one child and they might say, no, this child is really um, easy and this child is really hard. And what I love to do is to invite parents to perhaps have a different lens on what's happening because in many cases, the things that they're seeing as part of their child's personality can often actually be a sign of accumulated painful feelings. And I think it can be such a, a service or a gift to our children to really be able to see them clearly, to see, ah, yes, this is an aspect of them that's about them, that's... Um, you know, something we can really honour and celebrate. And this piece here, we can unconditionally love them in this piece, but actually what this, this part or this behaviour, this expression is, is actually more a symptom of some painful feelings that they, they're trying to express. Let me say a bit more. What are the kinds of things that often indicate painful accumulated feelings, either from unmet needs or painful, overwhelming or stressful events. Now before I go any further, I really want to invite you or to see if this resonates with you. From my perspective, all babies and all children will at times and usually quite often experience things that are painful uh, in, in life or, or overwhelming or frustrating or confusing or scary, that they can feel all these feelings. They can feel scared, overwhelmed, frustrated, powerless, confused, disappointed, all of these kinds of sad, all of these kinds of feelings are really natural and normal for children. The thing is, if they don't get to express those feelings and have those feelings heard, then those feelings accumulate in their bodies. And those feelings accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And what happens as those feelings accumulate is we'll see certain types of behaviours. And I'm imagining you can resonate with this. There have been times where you've had all these feelings bubbling inside your body and you can feel it, you feel agitated and antsy and it's hard to think, it's hard to cooperate, it's hard to concentrate, it's hard to sleep. Uh, you may have big reactions to little things. You may, you may be avoiding eye contact. You may be avoiding connection. You may be wanting to scroll Facebook or Instagram or read a book or have a coffee or drink some alcohol or do whatever it is that you try to do to stop yourself or to repress or dissociate from those feelings. So children are just so similar to us when they're feeling these feelings that they haven't yet had an opportunity to express in healthy ways. Those feelings build up and build up and they feel those feelings in their bodies. And when they feel those feelings, 
they can often do similar kinds of things. They'll avoid eye contact. They won't cooperate. They'll avoid looking at us. They will do the opposite of what we want. They will um, find it really hard to sit still. Have you ever had that? You're so antsy that you can hardly be still because when you're still, you feel the feelings and they start bubbling out. They may not be able to sit still in a chair. They may go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Whatever you do, they might be whingy and whiny and not happy with that thing. They might be running all over the place. They might be tripping up. They might be banging into things. They might be uh, doing everything they can to, to not lie down and be still because, again, they'll feel those feelings. They might be pushy and... Um, or bitey or they might take things from other kids they might go into a situation and just run around and be really loud um, they might be really silly and goofy and just every, anything and everything you say they're doing silly funny goofy things have any of those things been things that your child does quite a lot that you might think is their personality and does it resonate at all with you that actually this might not be their personality, that actually these might be a symptom of painful accumulated feelings? If this way of looking at children resonates with you, there's some beautiful things that you can do to help your child release those feelings. In short, one of the things is when they cry over some little thing, maybe the the bowl wasn't the bowl that they wanted or the red bowls in the dishwasher or um, you know some little thing that isn't isn't really very fixable and they have a big reaction to it or you gently say no to something and they have a, start crying having a big tantrum over some apparently small thing you can hold in mind that this is what children do is actually what adults do too. I'm sure you've had that opportunity or experience of maybe if you have a partner and maybe they come home and maybe they say one little thing that that you find upsetting and you have a really big reaction to it. It's because it's not that little thing. That's like the straw in the camel's back. That's what I call the, often the sweet spot. It's that it's the thing that helps all the other feelings come out. So at those times you could really just listen be there be present i hear you i'm right here with you sweetheart i see that you're upset i love you i'm listening i see you i'm right here with you i'll stay with you all the kinds of loving reassuring empathic things that help your child know that these are feelings they're big feelings and those feelings are coming out and as they come out, when they come out, and all the feelings, or that chunk of feelings, because it won't be all the feelings that they've got inside them, but that particular chunk come out, they'll come out the other side, and you may well find that they feel more relaxed, they're making more eye contact, they're smiling more, they're cooperating more, they're able to sleep more peacefully. And the more we're able to do that, to, to really see these um, you know, the, the big crying or the big raging, the big tantrums, as long as they're not hitting or biting or throwing things, that that is actually a healthy expression. It's a way children express accumulated feelings. They release them from their bodies and then they're not holding them in and feeling agitated and doing all those antsy, agitated things that you don't enjoy. 
But what happens if those feelings don't tend to come out like that? Well, unfortunately, they've often learned, our children learn from us the ways to repress feelings, and so they may, um, those feelings may come out either, well, there's really three ways feelings can come out. The healthy expression that I talked about, which is crying and tantrums, and also laughter, but laughter without tickling. There is repression and there's aggression. So there's those three things, expression, repression or aggression. So the repression can be many, many ways. So movement can be a, a way to repress feelings. So if whenever you notice your child's upset, they start moving around, that tells you that that's the way they're trying to repress the feelings. Or if your child falls over and they're hurt and they ask for something sweet, that tells you they probably, that's probably one of their repression mechanisms is eating sweet things. Um, thumb sucking, nose picking, fingernail biting, hair twirling, um, sucking on their t-shirt, screens. You know, there are a million different ways we can repress feelings. And before, if, before you go into any kind of self-judgment, if that's where you're going, I really want to let you know that pretty much everyone on the planet uses ways to repress their feelings. We all have um, acquired and developed our own repression mechanisms. So this isn't about judgment, it's more about awareness. For me, the invitation is to, to understand when our children are doing those things that their whole, the painful feelings are bubbling up in that moment and they're holding those feelings in. So the more we have that understanding, ah, oh, when my child's picking their nose incessantly or um, asking for sweet things every five minutes or um, twirling their hair, endlessly that probably there's some feelings bubbling and that in itself can make a huge big difference um, it can really mean that we're understanding what's going on um, and if you want to find out more about what you can do this is a bit more detailed than the listening to feelings that are already there uh, you can go and have a look at my website marionrose.net I talk a lot about repression mechanisms so I have a a big long free article about understanding what repression mechanisms are and what we can do to help our children. But one of the first things we can do is A, understand what's happening and, and B, move in and, and go for connection because connection is the antidote to repression. And I give more details about exactly what you can do after that but even understanding those two things can make a really big difference. Um, what else do I want to say there about repression? Yeah, really understanding, you understand your child in those ways. So again, you might see your child as a, you know, a thumb sucker, as, as if it's part of their personality. But again, from this context, this is really, it's just a way that they have acquired to, to repress uncomfortable feelings. And you can certainly help them express those feelings so that they don't need to, to suck their thumb anymore. So what about the third way, the aggression? So with aggression, there are, there are a couple of things we can do to help. One, we can help those feelings, which are actually usually feelings such as frustration and powerlessness and fear. We can help those feelings come out uh, through play and through laughter. One really great game is paraversal games. So it's a type of game, it's a type of attachment play developed by Aletha Salter, PhD, who's the founder of the Aware Parenting Institute. And it really means us for that bit of time, we play the less powerful one and they play the more powerful one. We don't let them hurt us, but we might maybe do a pillow fight and each time they hit us with the pillow, we kind of pretend to be knocked over and we're like, no, 
how did you do that? And we pretend to move in again and we pretend to have a, you know, fall backwards in a big exaggerated way. And if they're laughing, they are releasing the feelings of powerlessness or frustration or fear that are underneath that kind of hitting, pushing type behavior. The other thing we can do is loving limits. So I'd love to talk more in another podcast about loving limits, but just in brief, loving limits are not harsh limits. They're not punitive limits. They're not there to shame or teach or um, distance or punish our children. What they're there to do is simply to create a limit, to stop the behavior, because we're saying no to the behavior but we are saying yes to the underlying feelings that are causing that behavior. So for example, if you might say, my child is a hitter, so we're seeing that as part of their personality. But from this paradigm, we're seeing that hitting is a symptom of painful accumulated feelings, particularly things around, as I say, powerlessness, frustration, fear. When we set a loving limit, we're saying no to the hitting, but we're saying yes to those underlying feelings. And one way you can do that is simply to say, to step in and with as little um, physical uh, force as required to simply stop the hitting. That might be putting a hand out and stopping the hand and simply say, no, I'm not going to let you do that, sweetheart. I'm not going to let you hit, Sophie. And I'm right here. I'm listening. There's the love. And you may need to keep doing that. No, I'm not going to let you do that because what may happen is these aren't harsh punitive limits, they're not teaching limits, they're not there to go, okay, my child's going to then just stop and be happy. Because if we're saying no to the, the aggression, the aggression is simply a symptom of the underlying feelings. Those underlying feelings then need to come out. So what we're doing is we're saying yes to the tears, the raging, the rah, no, rah, rah. we're listening to that. I'm right here with you, sweetheart, and I'm not going to let you hit Sophie. And I'm right here, I'm listening. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm going to keep you both safe. I'm not going to let you hit her. And I'm right here, sweetie. I'm right here with you. And I'm going to stay here with you. I'm going to keep on listening. What often that can do then is give the space for those underlying feelings to bubble up. So this work is based on Aware Parenting by Letha Salter. Uh, if you want to find out more, have lots of free stuff and online courses and all kinds of things on my website, marionrose.net. But really what I wanted to give you the, the opportunity to see whether this resonates with you rather than seeing this behavior, the in inverted commas wildness or, you know, my child is uh, wild or a hitter or a biter or, um, you know, this, that and the other that sometimes, or a lot of the time, and I really want to acknowledge there can be physiological reasons here too and other reasons, so feelings aren't the only reason, but a lot of the time feelings can be a major reason or a significant reason for our children doing these things. And the more we're able to listen to their feelings, their uncomfortable feelings, the more they're able to, to be calmer and more relaxed and actually more who they really are, their true nature rather than expressing these symptoms of some underlying feelings. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to seeing you in another podcast. Bye for now.